Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Welcome, it is the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one tonight. Hope you had a fabulous Christmas with your family, and hopefully you're not dealing with the chaos of what has happened with the airlines. Mayor Pete just made it known. First of all, they found Mayor Pete. This is exciting in itself. He's not on maternity leave right now. He's actually uh, playing dress up with Wolf Blitzer on CNN. He's now come out and said on Southwest Airlines chaos, quote, this is an unacceptable situation. Their system really has completely quote-unquote melted down so if you want to know who to blame it's the private sector not the transportation secretary or the biden administration not at all listen to this i understand you just spoke directly with the ceo of southwest airlines did you get any explanation at all for this horrendous meltdown of epic proportions Well, meltdown is the right word. This is an unacceptable situation. You look at the number of passengers who are stranded. uh, You look at how hard it is even to get somebody on the phone to address it. Uh, From what I can tell, Southwest is unable to locate even where their own crews are, let alone their own passengers, let alone baggage. Uh, So uh, I conveyed to the CEO our expectation that they are going to go above and beyond to take care of passengers and to address this. Uh, They indicated a number of issues that they're having with uh, systems, uh, legacy systems for managing uh, their their schedule and where their crews are. Uh, But the bottom line is uh, the rest of the aviation system has been on the road to recovery since the worst days of the storm going into Friday of last week. As of today, as I'm looking at the different airlines, most of them are in the low single digits in terms of cancellation rates, uh, averaging averaging about 5% for all of the other airlines. Uh, For Southwest right now, we appear to be north of 70%. So their system uh, really has completely melted down. And I've made clear that uh, our department will be holding them accountable for their responsibilities to customers, uh, both to get them through this situation and to make sure that this can't happen again. Yeah, you got I, I love this, right? We're going to hold them accountable. Okay, so the federal government, you guys can't even secure a border, right? You, you can't even figure out how to deal with power issues in our power grid in this country uh, where people are having major meltdowns or actually freezes right now all over the country. But you're going to hold Southwest Airlines accountable, and they better do everything they can to help people during the holidays. Now, look, in theory... I would say that, you know, if you're stuck right now, you want someone to look into this. You're angry, right? It's ruined your Christmas. You're trying to get home. This is a disaster. Uh, but but for the federal government at this point to stand up like Mayor Pete, who's a guy that couldn't even figure out the basic issues at our port, 
that destroyed many American businesses and small businesses when they couldn't get their basic goods they need to sell that hurt the economy in a major way, hurt small businesses. We were affected by it. We would see the ship with our cargo sitting there on it for our store. We knew what number in line it was. They couldn't offload these ships. Where was he? He was on, you guessed it, he was on maternity leave for a couple months. And now he wants me to be like, oh, the federal government's going to come to the rescue? Let's be honest about this. If you think the federal government's going to fix this problem, you're an idiot. If you think Mayor Pete is going to fix this problem, you're an idiot. If you think the federal government's going to hold, quote, Southwest Airlines to task for this, you're an even bigger idiot. The federal government's not going to fix this problem. They're not even going to get close to fixing this problem. And this total meltdown will be fixed, I will say this, by the private sector. That's how it always works. Now, is it fair to say that this should have been handled better and there's certainly things that should have changed? Yes. But we all know that when the you-know-what hits the fan, because of the lobbyists and because of the federal government, We don't have to worry about getting screwed. We know we're going to get screwed. If you're flying right now, the airlines are going to screw you. They're going to claim it's weather-related, so don't have to give you a voucher for anything. They say, we're not God. We can't control the weather, right? But all of the rules and all of the regulations of the, quote, airlines... Every single time you need them to step in, they don't do it. We've seen people, remember, since the trapping of people on the on the on the tarmacs and in the in the you know the airport for or the airplane for twelve hours, fifteen hours, nineteen hours. When all that happened, they promised it would never happen again. Guess what? It's happened again. In fact, it happens on a pretty regular basis. Not necessarily in large numbers, but it happens. There were celebrities this last week talking about being trapped on the airplane for nine, ten hours. And people were tweeting about it. Remember the government, Mayor Pete said, this will never happen under my leadership and we're going to change the rules and laws and we're going to make it so expensive for these airlines that they'll never think of doing it again. That's exactly what they're doing. They're going to keep doing it because the federal government is not going to deal with these airlines. Why? Because they're on the take. This is all about being on the take. Anyone that thinks it's not about being on the take, you're an idiot. These special interest groups, the transportation sector specifically, gives a hell of a lot of money over and over and over and over and over and over again to Democrats. And why do they do this? Because they know then they will never be held accountable for any of this. They know it. They're not dumb. They understand it. And you can yell and say, or as Mayor Pete says, you know, we're going to, I just talked to them and I told them what they're going to have to do. And they better pay attention because we're watching I promise you the CEO right now of Southwest Airlines, the last person he's worried about right now is is the transportation secretary. If there's anybody he's worried about, it's probably passengers that might never fly Southwest again because of them ruining their holidays. But then there becomes the next part of it. And let's be also honest about this. The airlines have been able to consolidate to the point where you have virtually no options. And if Southwest Airlines screws this up as bad as they have, and they have screwed it up very badly here, people are still going to fly Southwest because it is, quote, the cheapest. And they'll forget about it in three months or six months, and certainly by this time next year. There's also just not enough competition on major routes in this country. That's one of the biggest problems that we have. 
If you want to fly direct, usually you're screwed. You might have one or two options, if that. So all the people that are sitting there while their system is melting down, their crews are not there. They don't know where their pilots are and all of these things. Do not think for a second that Mayor Pete is going to come to your rescue and save you here. This is the same government, by the way, that allowed, because of special interests, the total collapse of XTF uh, recently costing people billions of dollars there was an investor on today who lost $1.3 million during the FTX collapse. He said his chance of getting his money back is zero. And this is, again, the federal government was supposed to be looking over all this. If they couldn't do that with a massive Ponzi scheme, what makes you think they're going to do it with the airlines? My next guest is a crypto investor who lost nearly $1.3 million during the FTX collapse. Calvin Sai joins me now. Calvin, uh, thank you for talking to us. How confident are you that you can recover your money? Okay, uh, first of all, thanks for having me, Ashley. Uh, actually, I, I've already written off uh, my uh, FTX losses on, on, on my book. So uh, I guess the, the chance of having my money back is, is nearly zero. Uh, maybe some analysts out there saying that uh, we could have uh, money back, maybe like to having a haircut of 10% or 10, 20%. Uh, but I guess the, the duration is will, will be very long, like uh, several years, according to the past, like uh, bankrupt, bankruptcy of uh, some other cryptocurrency platform back in 2014 or 15. So uh, I've already thought, uh, think that my money is, is going to be zero <laughs> in this FTX event. Zero. This guy's at least honest. Now, he knows that Bitcoin and all of this and the XCF disaster was in a unregulated industry. Why was it unregulated? I'm going to answer that question for you, because the guy was the second largest donor of the Democratic Party. He was best friends with Nancy Pelosi and best friends with Democrats. He gave insane amounts of money. Why is it that you could shadow ban conservatives and big tech could get away with it? Because they were all big, big, big best friends with liberals. You noticed about the conspiracy theories, and we're going to get into the Twitter files, I can promise you, in a moment. But I just wanted to start with this generic. If you think the government's here to save you, protect you, and help you, you're just wrong. If you think they're going to fix things like this, as simple as an airline debacle that we're dealing with right now with transportation, they can't even fix a power grid, folks. And if they can't fix a power grid, if they can't handle cold temperatures like we are dealing with right now, what makes you think they can deal with complex issues? They're not going to fix a problem with flying. Anytime you, the, any company wants to have a meltdown, they're going to let them do it. And they're not going to hold them accountable. They're not going to fix it. None of it will be fixed. Understand it, know it, and just deal with that reality. This government is not in the business of fixing problems. You look at what was happening. Everybody that said there was a, you know, it's a conspiracy theory, right? If you said and you told the truth, if you told the truth about what was happening on social media, silencing conservatives, everybody said you were crazy. It can't be. It's not real. It's not true. Again, I go back to the basics on this one. The federal government can be bought off. The airlines have bought them off. Big tech has bought them off. And they, I, I, I mean, the XTF and, the, and all this, everybody bought them off to look the other way. 
So nothing's going to change when it comes to the airlines. Mark my word, nothing's going to change with the regulations of new industries as long as the people leading those industries early on give insane amounts of money to the Democratic Party. The silencing by the deep state, the FBI, the federal government of conservatives, will no one will be held accountable for this. This is how the game is played now. It's not rigged. It's their normal game. The game's always been rigged. It's the worst I've ever seen it. And maybe that's just because now we're experiencing just how bad it actually is. But they're not going to stop rigging it. They're not going to stop silencing or censoring conservatives. And they're sure as hell not going to stop taking donations from shady and corrupt people. Buying influence over industries like cryptocurrency. All of these liberals and all of these famous people that got money from XTF, you think they're going to give the money back to the victims? Hell no. Look at all the Democrats that took money from the XTF founder. How many of them decide to give the money back? None of them have that I know of at this point. You would think they would have given it all back to the people that, I mean, these were stolen funds, right? Number two guy. XTF writing massive checks with other people's money to the Democratic Party because he knew he could keep his Ponzi scheme going and he could do it as long as he he could do it for as long as he possibly could if they didn't regulate his business. And that's what they did. The government is not your savior. The government is not your friend. The government is going to destroy this country and they're actively doing it. Look at the omnibus spending bill. We'll get into that in a moment. I got a lot to talk about, obviously, today, and I do want to get some of your phone calls in here as well. The number, 1-877-381-3811, 1-877-381-3811. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one, Mark Levin. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. Folks, our friends at Hillsdale College wish you and yours a happy and blessed Christmas and a healthy and prosperous New Year. Since Hillsdale's founding in 1844, it's taught its students by precept and example the teachings and practices of the Christian faith. The college continues the mission in its classrooms and nationwide through its educational outreach efforts. So this Christmas season, my friends at Hillsdale want to thank you, dear listener, for your kindness toward the college. They prepared a special video featuring their sacred music choir singing O Little Town of Bethlehem in their beautiful Christ Chapel at the heart of the campus. When you visit hillsdale.edu slash Christmas, that's hillsdale.edu slash Christmas, you can see and hear the choir and view many other free resources to help you celebrate the season. I promise it'll be uplifting and inspiring for you and your family. That's hillsdale.edu slash Christmas. So there's certain times that I genuinely enjoy watching the communist news network, CNN. It's usually when there's news they don't want to report, but they kind of have to. Today, the Supreme Court has ordered that Title 42 border restrictions are to remain in effect while legal challenges play out. Title 42 will stay on the books until at least early to mid-2023, is what the Supreme Court has now said. This is obviously big, 
you know, a big story, a big deal. And the Supreme Court will hear these arguments on whether the states can actually ask, individual states can ask to preserve Title 42 border safeguards when the Biden administration tries to let the policy die. Voting today to leave the Trump era policy in place until it hands down a decision in the case by early summer of 2023. Now, as you may know, Title 42 allows federal agents to turn away illegal aliens immediately without taking them into custody if the agent believes the alien might have COVID-19. Even though the number of illegal crossings is at an all-time high, the number at the border would be up to double their current levels without the policy in place. So how did CNN cover it a moment ago when they had to tell you what happened? This is amazing. Listen to how depressed they are. Like they're on, I mean, this is like TV suicide watch. I want to turn now to breaking news. The U.S. Supreme Court has issued, uh, has ordered Title 42 to stay in place while legal challenges play out. Now, Title 42 is the Trump era pandemic policy, which allows border officials to expel migrants either back to their home, home countries or into Mexico. I want to bring in CNN's justice correspondent, Jessica Schneider. Jess, what are you seeing right now and what's been released? Well, Phil, we've been waiting for this from the Supreme Court for about a week now. The bottom line here is that whereas Title 41, or I'm sorry, Title 42 was set to expire on December 21st, it will remain in place indefinitely at this point because the Supreme Court has stepped in to definitively say that, yes, we're going to initially here side with the Republican states, uh, led states who were uh, challenging uh, the end of Title 42, and we're going to schedule arguments on this case to decide one of the issues here in February. In the meantime, Title 42 will stay in place. It was supposed to end. Then these Republican-led states jumped in, asking the court to then jump in. The Supreme Court did jump in. And now the Supreme Court is clarifying here, saying uh, we jumped in and we're also going to grant the Republican-led states request to hear this case and to keep Title 42 in place until we decide that. So I I love how depressed they are. They're like, they can't even figure out what they're like, Title 41. I mean, title for you they're distraught they are completely distraught how how could it be how could it possibly be that we lost this like how is this like how could this have happened we should have been able to allow millions and millions of people to come in here right away we don't understand it how could this be this is not how this is supposed to work remember they like to just make up things as they go they like to dictate they like to make it very clear that you can dictate people what you want them to do, force them into submission, silence them, demand that they live a certain way, do things a certain way. And by the way, if they don't like what you say, they'll just silence you on social media. That's how we roll, right? That's the Democratic Party. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one, Mark Levin. one 381 We'll be right back. Folks, our friends at Hillsdale College wish you and yours a happy and blessed Christmas and a healthy and prosperous New Year. Since Hillsdale's founding in 1844, it's taught its students by precept and example the teachings and practices of the Christian faith. The college continues the mission in its classrooms and nationwide through its educational outreach efforts. So this Christmas season, my friends at Hillsdale want to thank you, dear listener, for your kindness toward the college. They prepared a special video featuring their sacred music choir singing, O Little Town of Bethlehem, 
in their beautiful Christ Chapel at the heart of the campus. When you visit hillsdale.edu slash Christmas, that's hillsdale.edu slash Christmas, you can see and hear the choir and view many other free resources to help you celebrate the season. I promise it'll be uplifting and inspiring for you and your family. That's hillsdale.edu slash Christmas. When Mark Levin was a kid, his teachers didn't like his snide sense of humor. Today, they still don't like it. Call Mark Levin now at 877-381-3811. All right, welcome back. It is Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one, Mark Levin. Nice to have you with us tonight. I want to get to some of your phone calls now. 1-877-381-3811. I want to go to Jeff in Wilmington, North Carolina. Welcome. You're on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson with you tonight. Hi. Ben, would like to address your uh, great point about how our government is actually engaged in active destruction of this country. Uh, You are, I would say, rather alone in the ranks of uh, folks out there on the air that are calling a spade a spade uh, in a very serious way. Too many times people will uh, use punditry to say that somebody doesn't know what they're doing, be it Biden, be it whoever, that it's um, ignorance or whatever. None of that's true. That's just smoke and mirrors. And you called it like it is. This is an intentional act. This is basically a machined, prepped takedown of essentially every sector uh, of our life, be it a, uh, a, a winter storm, I mean, go go back to the winter storm for a second. When, when Mayor Pete comes on TV like he did a moment ago, and he's like, you know, on the Southwest Airlines chaos, this is an unacceptable situation. No, it's not. You guys have created industries where this is completely acceptable. Let's not act like you that that, that this is not something that they that you've allowed by design. The same way that that this investor who lost one point three million during this FTX collapse says, in his words. He says there's a zero chance of getting his money back because he knows the federal government is not going to step up and do anything about this. Look at look at the national news. I, I got to play this clip for you. OK, this is the national news. They said worst Christmas ever. Right. They want you to be outraged because of all the cancellations. I'm like, did you have you have you not been paying attention in the last 10, 15, 20 years? The airlines own us. We're like cattle. They can treat us actually worse than cattle because cattle at least have PETA on their side, okay? This is the worst it gets because they don't care about us. You can be stranded for two, three, four days. The airlines don't care because they know that the government is not going to hold them accountable. Even when there are headlines like this, listen. Historic winter storm through a haymaker to holiday travel. Thousands of flights are canceled or delayed. Southwest Airlines passengers are feeling the biggest blow with more than 60% of flights canceled today. As Alex Perez explains, federal authorities are now looking into the massive breakdown. 
They said, no one's getting on a flight, a Southwest flight, for four days, and they said, we can't help you go home. Southwest Airlines melting down in the wake of the Christmas holiday. Christmas was just ruined. This was the worst Christmas ever. While 3,800 flights were canceled across the country Monday after the punishing winter storm, nearly three-quarters of them were Southwest flights. And the company has already canceled over 2,500 flights today, with more misery expected this week. It's been catastrophic. It is simply a failure. Of, of Southwest management. When asked about the collapse, a spokesperson for Southwest blaming the weather. I think it's just the sheer size of the storm. It's just the fact that this one started west, swept east, and impacted uh, almost every single one of our largest airports that put us in a position where we struggled to recover and we struggled to get our flight crews and airplanes where they needed to be. In a statement, the company vowing will work to make things right for those that we've let down. We recognize falling short and sincerely apologize. But federal officials are launching an investigation into the chaotic response. The Department of Transportation saying it is concerned by Southwest's unacceptable rates of cancellations and delays and reports of a lack of prompt customer service, adding it will investigate whether cancellations were controllable. Again, this TSA or this, you know, transportation statement here, right? Department of Transportation Administration saying it this way. It's laughable. Okay, it it is laughable. They're not going to do anything. There's not going to be some big fine for this. All right. Anyone thinks that there is, you're an idiot. If you think it's going to. And by the way, the fine will be nothing compared to to the reality of what we're watching and witnessing right now. Okay, so that's not I mean, this idea that they're like, oh, Southwest is shaking in their boots right now. They know, look, we give you guys money. Shut up. I mean, Jeff, it, this is called buying off a government. Is there any doubt in your mind that what I'm saying right now is going to be spot on, that there's not going to be hell to pay for what just happened? Agree with all that, but there are a couple of factors that are worth noting. Of all the airlines that had a, a, a calamity like this, these uh, hubs are in the southwest outside of ill weather. I mean, we're talking California coast. And we're talking about Las Vegas. Uh, And in all sincerity, all of the destinations, if you look at a Southwest flight map, a a service map, they are hubbed where there wasn't a weather issue. Where they fly to, for the most part, this big storm that went sweeping through the upper uh, Midwest and into uh, the east, for the most part, was a non-event, a normal snowstorm. We're talking 10 to 12 inches, Chicago, Plains, uh, places like that. The only place that really got in a jam, obviously, was Buffalo, and which is another story. But in context to um, Southwest destinations on their maps, I don't understand why they couldn't have uh, worked it out uh, maybe just a couple hours late or maybe a day worst case scenario. But yeah, look, I know there. I, I can tell you this. There was a lot of storm and I'm in the south right now. OK, so one of their, you know, Love Field, for example, they had some issues there. Other airplanes were able to get out faster. You are correct. But they said it was a, a, a flight crew issue and planes getting from one place to another. Uh, and that's not even the part I really care about, Jeff. I care about the lack of accountability. 
And this idea that the federal government will send out this ridiculous note and Mayor Pete will take the time to go on TV to say, we're looking into this. We've launched an investigation. Screw you, man. Like, you're not going to do jack crap. And we all know it because they make the donations, the people they need to make donations to uh, on transportation committee. And this is going to go away in a couple weeks and everybody that got screwed, it won't really matter. Jeff, I appreciate the phone call. one 877 381-3811. Let me go to Nancy uh, in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Welcome. You are on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in. Hi. Hi. Um, my comment is that we no longer live a lifestyle of over the river and through the woods to grandmother's house we will go. The storm was announced days ahead. Maybe people should have canceled their travel plans and then they wouldn't have been stuck. So many of them seem to have been stuck um, mid-trip, you know, changing from one plane to another, one flight to another. So maybe people should have been a little more proactive to protect themselves. Look, I, I know a lot of people that flew, and I have a lot of friends that got stuck in this. And if you think that, that I mean, you buy your tickets, a lot of people do in advance. Proactive would mean don't get stuck at the airport or just don't go. Most people want to see their family over the holidays. I don't blame anybody for showing up at the airport. I don't blame anybody for thinking that even if the weather's bad, maybe you're stuck for a day, not three, right? Like they're like like Southwest people are dealing with right now. But I do agree that at some point you have to take a little bit of responsibility for your actions uh, and realize and look, Mother Nature's Mother Nature. All right, but these airlines. Again, if you think the government's going to come in and the government is going to fix any of these problems, you are flat out stupid. They are not. They will not. There is no chance that they're going to stop it. There's no way they're going to stop it. They're going to keep letting these companies make their record profits. And then every time they need a bailout, we bail out the transportation industry because All of these senators and congressmen are on the take. How many times in your lifetime, Nancy, have we bailed out the airlines? All right. We bailed them out after 9-11. We bailed them out again after that in 08. We bailed them out again with, with, um, you know, the lockdowns and everything with COVID. I mean, we bailed them out. And it doesn't matter how much money they need. We'll give them the money every single time. Every time. Over and over and over and over again, if they need a bailout, they get it. And then when they screw up, they always say, oh, there's going to be hell to pay and record fines. This is no different than Wells Fargo. Have you guys looked at, there was a very interesting tweet that was sent out, and I got to find it, all right? I'll, I'll do my best to find it. But there was a very interesting tweet about the other day that, you know, oh, Wells Fargo going to be held accountable for what they did. And I'm sorry, I just kind of had to laugh at it. Because I knew that this was not going to be something they were going to be held accountable on. Over and over again, they can screw their customers. Yes, they get fines, but it's not more than their profits. And so they allow them to do it. And every couple of years, it seems like these big banks are able to screw people. And then they have these fines that come. And no one really gives a, a care after that, right? Like the fines happen, so what? Airlines kind of have their hands tied because if the pilots, the crews, the airport personnel don't show up, they have no one to do the work. 
And if they fire them, then they really don't have anyone to do the work. Maybe you need some action like Reagan did when they fired all the traffic controllers. You know, yeah. they they didn't believe him when he said you're going to go to work or else, and he gave them the or else, so maybe Southwest Airlines have to give a few people the or else. And, yeah, great uh, point. Maybe- great point, and I appreciate the phone call. Thank you. It's good to talk to you. one 877 381 Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one, Mark Levin. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. Folks, our friends at Hillsdale College wish you and yours a happy and blessed Christmas and a healthy and prosperous new year. Since Hillsdale's founding in 1844, it's taught its students by precept and example the teachings and practices of the Christian faith. The college continues the mission in its classrooms and nationwide through its educational outreach efforts. So this Christmas season, my friends at Hillsdale want to thank you, dear listener, for your kindness toward the college. They prepared a special video featuring their sacred music choir singing O Little Town of Bethlehem in their beautiful Christ Chapel at the heart of the campus. When you visit hillsdale.edu slash Christmas, that's hillsdale.edu slash Christmas, you can see and hear the choir and view many other free resources to help you celebrate the season. I promise it'll be uplifting and inspiring for you and your family. That's hillsdale.edu slash Christmas. All right, welcome back. It is the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one today. Nice to have you with us. want to remind you, you can give me a buzz, one 877 381-3811. Also, you can send me your messages on um, Instagram, Ben Ferguson Podcast, on Twitter, Ben Ferguson Show there, on Parler, Getter, uh, anywhere, yeah, basically on social media, you can grab it, Ben Ferguson Show, Ben Ferguson Podcast, put it in there, uh, even, and Twitter's not working, it's, it, it is amazing, yes, many of you have not been able to find me for years, uh, we were one of those throttled ones, which I guess means we were making a major impact in life, right now, now we're, we're, we're getting somewhere, right? We're finally actually able to communicate with one another again on Twitter. So if you want to send us a message there, Ben Ferguson Show on Twitter. Uh, I said before we went to that break about Wells Fargo is a perfect example. The government is not here to help you. The government's bought off by big donors. They're bought off by special interests. Banking is a great example. This story you may not have even seen this past week. It's a really big story. It's a story every one of you should have known about. The CFPB has ordered Wells Fargo to pay a $3.7 billion fine for widespread mismanagement of auto loans, mortgages, and deposit accounts. Now, if you don't know what the CFPB is, it stands for the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. The company, Wells Fargo, repeatedly mislabeled loan payments, wrongfully foreclosed on homes. No big deal there. You just lose your home and illegally repossess vehicles incorrectly, assess fees and interest and charge surprise overdraft fees, along with other illegal activity affecting over 16 million consumer accounts. Now, you, you, you just get your head around 16 million consumer accounts. 
And you get your head around this headline. Wow, $3.7 billion's a lot of money to pay in a fine. Is it? Not if you're Wells Fargo, it's not. This is just, a, if you went back in time and said, hey, Wells Fargo, if you do all of these things, later on down the road, you're going to have to pay a fine for $3.7 billion. I think they would actually sign up to do it on purpose. I think they realized this was a great decision because even if you got caught, it was worth it. It was worth the risk. Who cares if you screw people's lives? Who cares if you foreclose on homes illegally repossess vehicles, right? If you wrongfully foreclose on someone and then illegally repossess their vehicle and then incorrectly assess fees and interest to their bank accounts, and then you charge them surprise overdraft fees and along with other illegal activity and you affect 16 million consumer accounts doing this, you'd think a fine of $3.7 billion is a lot of money, but in reality, it's not. The Consumer Financial Protection Bureau also came out like they were Billy Bade, right? Ordering Wells Fargo to pay the more than $2 billion in red, uh, redress to consumers and $1.7 billion civil penalty for legal violations across several of its largest product lines. Doesn't matter, they're making record profits. The bank's illegal conduct led to billions of dollars in financial harm to its customers and for thousands of customers, the loss of their vehicles and homes. You basically stole homes and vehicles from people and you did it knowing that what you were doing was wrong and you did it anyway. And yet they are still operating. Did any of their, did any of their banks shut down over this? No. Did any of them close down? No. Did anybody really get fired from this based on what I can tell? No. You get to screw Americans and you pay off the right politicians in the Democratic Party and some of them in the Republican Party, and you can keep screwing them over and over again as long as you're willing to pay the fine. Wells Fargo, quote unquote, rents repeat cycle. Violating the law has harmed millions of American families. That's what the consumer, uh, the CECFPD director said. They said the CFPD is ordering Wells Fargo to refund billions of dollars to consumers across the country. This is an important initial step for accountability and long-term reform of this repeat offender. Wells Fargo is one of the nation's largest banks serving households across the country. It offers a variety variety of consumer financial services, including mortgages, auto loans, savings and checking accounts and online banking services. According to today's enforcement action, Wells Fargo harmed millions of consumers over a period of several years with violations across many of the bank's largest product lines. In other words, they did this on purpose. The specific findings included that Wells Fargo, quote, unlawfully repossessed vehicles and bungled borrower accounts on purpose. Wells Fargo had systemic failures in its servicing of automobile loans that resulted in $1.3 billion in harm across more than 11 million accounts. The bank incorrectly applied borrowers' payments, improperly charged fees and interest, and wrongfully repossessed borrowers' vehicles. In addition, the bank failed to ensure that borrowers received a refund for certain fees on add-on products when a loan ended early. They improperly denied mortgage modifications during at least a seven-year period. The bank was doing this. They illegally charged surprise overdraft fees. And they unlawfully froze consumer accounts where you couldn't get your money and misrepresented fee waivers 
Are they still operating? Yes. Are they still giving money to people in Washington? You betcha. Are they going to stop doing this? Hell no. You just pay the money you need to pay for the fines and the slap on the wrist. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. We'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Welcome, it is Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one, Mark Levin, tonight. Good to have you with us, and in case you missed it, John Fetterman has been named one of the New York Times' most stylish people of 2022. I wish I was joking. Uh, my, the whole staff is now laughing right now. No, this is real. This is a real thing. Senator-elect John Fetterman, who starts off debates by telling you good night, who looked like a homeless person. Actually, that's not fair to the homeless people. I shouldn't say that. I apologize. He was named one of the 93, uh, this is not a joke, most stylish people of the year by the New York Times. Fetterman, a Democrat, was given one line in the list which said that he is going to bring Carhartt to the Capitol. Fetterman, known for wearing shorts and a hoodie during campaign events instead of a suit and tie, although as the Daily Mail noted, the Capitol has a dress code that requires male senators to wear a jacket and a tie. Independent Journal Review pointed out that there is nothing fashionable about Fetterman's clothing choice, but speculated that the New York Times might have included him on the list because he sparked so much conversation during the campaign. I don't know if it was conversation. It was more like mumbling incoherent thoughts, but whatever. The New York Times, though, because he's a liberal on the, you know, that they're obsessed with, described its list as high and low. Fun and serious, curious and open-minded. It sounds like they're writing about sexuality at this point. They said that they had certain revealing characters, appreciate the material world, invited, inviting everyone to the party. All of these are ways that the Times style desk defines its approach to whom and what it covers. Next time someone says the media isn't biased, just remind them that, doc, that, that they have decided that Fetterman is one of the stylish, most stylish people of 2022, okay? Why would they do this? It's one reason only. They want to suck up to him. They want access to Fetterman. Now, they've admitted now that Fetterman can't answer questions the usual way. They're not sure exactly how he's going to even do all the voting or how that's going to work. But the New York Times has said that what he wore, right, clothes that made him look like a homeless person, is now a new style, bringing Carhartt to the Senate, as they put it. These are the hacks of the Democratic Party. These are the hacks of the media. And this is how much they're willing to carry water for people, including in this situation, in this scenario, exactly what I just described. Fetterman is now one of the most stylish people. Now, look, I, I know a lot of conservatives... Okay, that are more stylish than that. 
they would never put them on this list because they're Republicans. There's some beautiful Republicans uh, at women, right? We actually know what a woman looks like that would should be on this list. They would never put them on this list. And the reason is clearly because they are biased. And this list is about virtue signaling, right? This guy's such a bad dresser. They're like, no, he's actually so bad. It's good. It's so bad. It's somehow stylish. It's so bad. We actually uh, think it's awesome. So that is your New York Times. And if you want to know what we're up against going into the new year, this is it. Now, that's not the only thing that the media got wrong this last year. There were some mortifying media moments of 2022. Here's just a couple of the highlights. You might want to take some notes. These are amazing. The MAGA movement is a threat. We are at war with these people. Literally, call to arms. Or we are headed to hell. Seven hours makes the 18 minutes of erased Oval Office tapes around Watergate look like a game of patty cake. There appears to be a real cover-up of who Trump was talking to while the mob was attacking and ransacking the Capitol. These White House records are not just incomplete. The gap suggests staggering and potentially willful omissions. Trump, or someone in his administration, appears to have actually tampered with the records. It looks like he made a decision. I'm going to take this offline for the next seven and a half hours. Donald Trump has acted like a mafia boss. Donald Trump and his allies, whether they removed calls from the log or they made secret calls on burner phones, knew what they were doing was wrong and tried to hide it. Simple as that. Now, the six pages of logs for January 6th are determined to be complete based on an official review of those White House records. So there are no missing pages, and the seven-hour gap is likely explained by the use of White House landlines, White House cell phones, and personal cell phones that don't go through a switchboard. Wait, wait, hold on a second there. So we went on there, they, I should say, they went on TV and told you that this is worse than Watergate. Right? Told you this is worse than Watergate. Told you that there were burner phones that were used. If you don't know what a burner phone is, that's a cell phone that you don't want someone to track. You buy them like at Walmart, right? Where no one's connected to you. You pay cash for it and then you throw it away when you run out of minutes. That's what a burner phone is. Cartels use them, criminals use them. And they said they wanted you to believe that everybody at the White House started using burner phones for a seven hour period. Now, that didn't happen. But man, they wanted to accuse people of doing that because the story is just so salacious. It's just too good to, to, to act like it's not happening. They went on and on. And then all of a sudden they had to correct it. Did you hear the correction there? Oh, wait, there was no records that were actually admitted. There was no cover up. There was no horrific event that took place or happened. There was no burner phones used. The media just decided, ah, screw it, we'll lie to you, we'll make it up, we'll slander the president again, and then if that gets, you know, if we get it wrong, then we'll just correct it down the line. So what do they do? Oh, whoops, our bad. Yeah, whoop, we we, we thought this all happened, but it was actually because they were using the landlines and we didn't have the landline records, so we're sorry about that. There's your media. That's just one of their scandals of this last year. Here's more. Tragically, anti-mask insanity has now reached the highest court in the land. My first reaction was to think what a mean-spirited, almost ghoulish person Neil Gorsuch is. Gorsuch has the nerve to refuse to wear a mask indoors while seated next to his colleague who's vulnerable to possible death from a highly communicable disease. Neil Gorsuch is prioritizing his right to be a tool 
over protecting Sonia Sotomayor's life. That just seems ridiculous. Can you put a mask on to be Seriously. polite? What kind hard. of workplace is this? It's not hard. Neil Gorsuch, shame on you. Shame on you. You, Neil Gorsuch, are both a rotten co-worker, dangerous to be near in a pandemic, and tonight's absolute worst. And here is a joint statement from Sotomayor and Gorsuch reporting that Justice Sotomayor asked Justice Gorsuch to wear a mask surprised us. It is false. While we may sometimes disagree about the law, we are warm colleagues and friends. Ottawa is being besieged by a group of... Can, can, can we just pause there for a second? Did you hear what they did? Right? I mean, I mean did, did you hear this? They accused a Supreme Court justice of trying to kill his colleagues saying he wouldn't wear a mask, refused to wear his mask, putting endangering lives, right? And the reason why they did this, because they didn't like Neil Gorsuch, right? NPR started the story. That was the lie, right? NPR was like, all right, we'll go with this. Sounds good. NPR's like, yeah, this will work. Let's, let's just roll with the punches here. Sounds like a great story. We can pull this off. Let's do it. We'll lie about it and see what happens. And then everybody else ran with it, too. Because this was when we shamed people. We hated people for not being vaccinated. We declared that if you weren't vaccinated, you were someone that shouldn't be able to be in our society. You were one of the evil ones that should be silenced forever. You shouldn't be able to have a job. You shouldn't be able to go anywhere, do anything, see anything, hang out with anyone. Right? That's how we roll. Then Sotomayor has to come out with a, state, a, a statement with the Supreme Court justice going, oh, yeah, we got, they got that wrong, too. Like, this never happened. This is a lie. This is total crap. This is something that never took place. You guys made it all up, and you're wrong. And they're like, oh, well, my bad. All right, let's move on to another conspiracy theory of the media. Another, well, I shouldn't say conspiracy. Let's call it what it is. Another attack on the list. Number eight, remember what happened in Canada? Well, in Canada, you may remember, they smashed, the media went after and attacked the working class revolt. There were many truck drivers that were not allowed to make a living, do their jobs unless they got vaccinated. They couldn't cross the border unless they were vaccinated, vaccine mandates. That was the big woke thing that everyone wanted to jump on. And what did Trudeau do? The same guy that says he's standing up for democracy around the world. He wanted to arrest and treated those that were actually saying no to getting the vaccine, who were in their cab, keeping the country going with imports and exports. He wanted to treat them like domestic terrorists. And not only did he want to, he actually was able to do it. Take a listen to the media screwing this one up again showing how biased they were this last year. Ottawa is being besieged by a group of anti-do-anything-about-COVID truckers called the Freedom Convoy. A so-called Freedom Convoy. So-called Freedom Convoy of truckers. The police chief is calling it a nationwide insurrection driven by madness. This city is under siege. They are now calling it an occupation. A threat to democracy, uh, an insurrection, sedition, sedition, insurrection, a threat to democracy. We've heard it called a nationwide insurrection. Mm -hmm. This is kind of our insurrection by air horn moment. <laughs> it's, I think it's part of the globalization of Trumpism. It's a 
cult. <laughs> yes, it is. Residents say they feel like hostages. There hasn't been as much violence as some had perhaps projected, but that does not necessarily mean that it has been peaceful. Alarming situation there in Ottawa. They will have to call a black woman justice in America. She's going to be... I I, I mean, before we go back to this next story, and I I should have hit pause there a second earlier. The media to Canada smashed the working class revolt, call them, uh, you know, call them anarchists, call them domestic terrorists, sedition, right? The list goes on and on. This is where the media got it wrong again. The people in Canada were right. They were right about the COVID vaccine. They were right about the mandates. They were right when they called out the leadership in Trudeau. And what did Trudeau say? Trudeau was very clear. Trudeau made it actually abundantly clear that he was going to mandate people do certain things. And if you didn't, his government would crush you. What do they do, by the way, after this? They started banning guns and handguns and the ability for people to buy firearms in Canada because they realized just how scary the truck drivers could be and citizens could be when they rise up. And so when they saw them rise up, they decided at that moment that they were going to then move to take away guns. And that's exactly what they've now done in Canada total dictators and tyrants up there one 381 3811 i've got a lot more of the screw-ups of the media in 2022 take notes you can remind your friends just how biased they are by the way this entire list i'm doing right now i will have for you in our podcast so if you missed any of this download my podcast ben ferguson podcast wherever you get your podcast i'd love for you to listen to me each and every day on my podcast much more coming up on the mark levin show right after this mark levin Tired of overpaying woke wireless companies? How about this? Get talk, text, and blazing fast data, just 30 bucks a month. Yes, on the same network, the same towers, with the same coverage as the other guys, but for half the price. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Hallelujah. Friends, this is great news. You can start saving today without having to sacrifice on coverage. How do I know? I'm a customer. Plus, listen to all the other benefits you get. A U.S.-based customer service team to make your switch even easier. You're supporting a veteran-owned business. And here's the best part. When you go to puretalk.com and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST, You'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's right. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, podcast, and you can be switched over in as little as 10 minutes. Switch to a company that shares your values. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code LEVIN, podcast, to save 50% off your first month. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. All right, welcome back. It is the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. If you just joined us, we're doing a review of the biggest uh, the biggest stories of the year that the media screwed up. This is how biased they were. Remember, they were obsessed with Justice KBJ and the issue of race. How bad was it? Well, let me just remind you of what the media had to say about that narrative. They wanted to make sure you knew the issue of race. Listen carefully. Have to call a black woman 
justice in America. She's going to be sitting there as a woman in her black skin, in a black robe, on the highest court in the land. In her black skin, in a black robe. Let's make sure we get that clear for you, right? But we don't want to look at things through the eyes of racism. No, no, no. We don't want everything to be race baiting. No, no, no. But we're going to go on the air. And instead of just talk about the incredible accomplishments, we're going to turn this into a racial issue. A black woman in her black skin and a black robe. If anyone else said that, would that not be racist? I just want to be honest. Like, can we throw that out there? And imagine if you are, in fact, this Supreme Court justice. And you and you go back to look at everything that happened with the 53 yeses and the 46 no's to, to, to Jackson's vote. And everything is about your race, not about your accomplishments on the bench, not about your rulings on the bench. No, no, it's a black. It's got to be a black thing. Right. And, and, and they did not, by the way, do this. And this is part of the hackery of this media. They did not do this and say things like this when Clarence Thomas got on the bench. Because he's not a real black man to them, right? He's a Republican Uncle Tom. Clarence Thomas didn't get celebrated this way by the media. Like, he's a black man, his black skin and a black robe. Finally, there'll be people going in front of the, the court looking like me and seeing someone that looks like them. All right, I'm sorry. Like, when did Clarence Thomas become white? Can, can we just talk about this? I mean, the last comment you heard there was from The View. Like, finally, finally, people are going to go before the Supreme Court. Finally. And they're going to be there, and they're going to be being judged by people like that look like me. Clarence Thomas has been on the court since when? The 1980s. Or not, what was it, 92? Whatever year it was. I need to go back and look. Let's, fine, just call it the 90s. You've had people on the Supreme Court that are black for longer than... This is not new in 2022. Oh, but the media says it is. They want you to believe that our court systems are racist. They want you to believe that our prison systems are racist. They want you to believe that the cops are evil. They want you to believe that the Supreme Court should not be respected because there's not a black man or woman on the Supreme Court until 2022. Even though there actually is. Even though you can go and see a black man on the Supreme Court. All the colored girls who considered shaping justice when this system was not enough, this moment is ours. Let me just go ahead and speak for all black women in America today saying we are extremely proud. This was a step towards the court actually looking like a reflection of the country it oversees. It is a powerful symbol to look up on that court and see somebody that looks like you. It feels... Isn't that amazing? It's just so nice to see this. To see somebody that looks like you because we race bait in the media. Screw Clarence Thomas. He's not a real black man. He married a white woman. Yeah, he's not a real black man. He's an Uncle Tom. He's not. He's a white man. There's no black people on the Supreme Court until now. This is your media in America, folks. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. We'll be right back. Tired of overpaying woke wireless companies? How about this? Get talk, text, and blazing fast data, just 30 bucks a month. Yes, on the same network, the same towers, with the same coverage as the other guys, but for half the price. 
Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Hallelujah. Friends, this is great news. You can start saving today without having to sacrifice on coverage. How do I know? I'm a customer. Plus, listen to all the other benefits you get. A U.S.-based customer service team to make your switch even easier. You're supporting a veteran-owned business. And here's the best part. When you go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. You'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's right. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, podcast, and you can be switched over in as little as 10 minutes. Switch to a company that shares your values. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code LEVIN, podcast, to save 50% off your first month. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. This is the nation's town hall meeting, and you can join in at 877-381-3811. All right, welcome back. It is uh, Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one, Mark Levin. We are talking about the insane stories of the year that the media got wrong. How wrong do they get stories? They got a lot of them wrong. Number six on my list, the media post-Dobbs leak. Make insurrections great again. They turned it immediately into an insurrection issue. Remember when they released it accidentally, right? It leaked from the Supreme Court, and then they put out the hit list of Supreme Court justices and where they lived, and the White House refused to denounce it. They were clearly trying to pressure a decision from the Supreme Court. Remember all of that? Yeah. Did anyone denounce it when that happened? No. Did someone break the law by doing it? Yes. And if you notice now at the very end of this year, Still, right now, we don't know who leaked that document from the Supreme Court. There's been no leaks from the Supreme Court about who leaked the decision in the Dobbs case. I wonder why. Anybody want to take a guess at why we don't know about that? Anybody want to guess how corrupt Washington, D.C. is that you can, I mean, the Supreme Court, I want to be very clear about this is a tight, small group of people. This is not hard to figure out who leaked this. You know it wasn't Republicans that leaked it. So immediately you can get rid of those staffs. You know it was Democrats that did leak it. You can immediately go to those staffs. This is not hard to figure out. And everybody promised there was going to be a full investigation. No one's been fired over that leak. An unprecedented leak that put a hit list out, a kill list of Supreme Court justices. The White House refused to denounce the people going and trying to intimidate those justices, which is a federal offense. Everybody needs to remember it. That is a federal offense. And what did the media say in those moments? Take a listen to how they handled it. It feels like we are not just at the brink of a civil war, but that one has already begun. Oh, we got a civil war here out of nowhere. Doesn't seem like we're at the brink of a civil war, but a civil war has actually begun. It gets better. The MAGA movement is a threat. This means war. That is where we are. We are at war with these people. These folks are evil. This is literally what conservative white folks do when they don't get their way. They turn violent. The extremists that we're dealing with every single day, we've got to kill and confront that movement. It is a danger to our democracy. It is a danger to our way of life. These crazed, deranged folks who want to impart evil in every facet of our society. And this is why it could be more dangerous than 1860 or the 1930s. Clearly, you know, this is a um, literally 
call to arms. When it comes to heat waves, climate experts... I I love this, right? I got to back this up because I got to go to the heat waves next. This is the media post the Dobbs leak. What they were saying about the Republican Party, right? This was the make insurrectionists, you know, great again moment, right? This is all MAGA. This is all conservatives. You could hear it there. No big deal, right? It's all good. It all worked. Everything's fine. So let's just recap where we are now. You had the media duped by another anti-Trump hoax, right? That was when they all got, you know, January 6th, there was seven-hour call gap, right? Was found the White House phone logs from January 6th are missing. Apparently, they may have been using burner phones. This is worse than Nixon's erased tapes. And that was a scandal that was born. Later learned that the reality was, yeah, there was no conspiracy. Turns out Trump was just, you know, using White House lines. Trump was also using his cell phone. They invented a story out of thin air. And the embarrassed journalists never apologized. The professionals attacked him, saying it was worse than Richard Nixon. The media used an NPR fake news story to trash Justice Gorsuch, saying he refused to wear a mask. NPR said that Justice Sotomayor was furious over this. Sotomayor was not. So when professionals got together, Sotomayor and Gorsuch had a joint statement debunking the claim. Don't worry. NPR was unfazed. They said they were standing by their reporting, even though they got it wrong. The media in Canada, right, smashed the working class, right? These evil people that didn't want to actually get the vaccine. We're going to shut them up. We're going to turn them into domestic terrorists, all because of a bunch of 18-wheeler drivers and people in the supply chain said, we're not going to live under this anarchy and tyranny of the Canada. Canada said, guess what? Yes, you are. And now we've taken away your right to own guns. The media's obsession with race. With the first black person to be on the Supreme Court, even though that wasn't true. There's other black people that have been on the Supreme Court. And they forgot that Clarence Thomas was on the court and is black. But hey, he's not a real black man to them. And then the media post-Dobbs leak. Make insurrectionists great again, right? America had a sacred democracy. That was their big word they were obsessed with. Months away from being lost on January the 6th, right? As the constitutional scholars went on TV saying that This MAGA special forces was going to destroy the country. Then all of a sudden we had that leak. Yeah, we're all good. We'll shut up now. Oh, and the other great part, don't forget, we got to throw in some global warming. See, you notice now these aren't actually mistakes. That's why I go back and list these for you. These aren't mistakes. This is propaganda. This is no different than state-sponsored propaganda in China. Remember when the media blamed us for the hot weather in july now you look around we have record cold temperatures right now right if we're global warming you would assume it wouldn't be freezing as it is across the country this december but hey in july when it's supposed to actually be hot the media said it's our fault that everything is so hot it's our fault that everything is so bad it's our fault that it is People are hurting out there with the temperatures of July. 
comes to heat waves, climate experts say this is not just summer being summer. This is not your parents or grandparents' weather. This is new weather that we're experiencing because of climate change. What we have right now, scientists say, the attribution to this rapid rise in temperatures, greenhouse gas emissions. It's us. The public is learning about extreme heat, which unfortunately is getting worse because of climate change. We're certainly seeing more extreme weather uh, due to climate change. This is what scientists have been telling us the future looks like, except it is now. Temperatures far above what was once considered the summer norm, inflicting misery and creating a health danger for millions. We can't cool the earth back down again, at least not easily, but we can prevent further warming if we reduce greenhouse gas emissions to zero rapidly. So when it's hot, this is what happens. When it's hot, it's our fault. When it's cold, we'll shut up about it. Right now it's cold, it can't be global warming, so we'll just move on. But the media blamed us for the hot weather. This is not your grandparents' warm summer. No, this is your fault. Your fault for this, right? This is all your fault that this happened. There you go. Media also had a great time making sure that they were the carnival barkers for the nine the the. propaganda of January 6th. You may remember Democrats came out and said that January 6th was worse than 9-11. And if you're like most Americans, you probably have no idea that many in Congress have spent the last year working on a commission to investigate a two-hour riot that took place January 6th that they said was worse than 9-11. You may not realize the commission was rigged from the very beginning. And you may not realize they actually hired people in TV to arrange for the meetings to be televised in prime time. Democrats had a whole comm team, the media, that volunteered for service as carnival barkers to help attract an audience to their prime time propaganda. So why did Congress spend so much time and money on the political unrest of January the 6th while ignoring what was actually happening in this country on real issues like, I don't know, inflation, rising interest rates, major problems that we were having in the markets. They were spending time going after January 6th issues instead of actually protecting you as a consumer from Wells Fargo or from XTF. And why did it happen this way? It's pretty simple. Because it's all about convincing you that the Republican Party is the worst party in the world and they should be banned because we have to protect our democracy. Here's how they did the 9-11, a.k.a. January 6th hearings on TV. Last night, they were searing. They were vivid. This is very compelling uh, television because it's a very compelling hearing. It was compelling. It was chilling. The videos were chilling and it was it. I think it's going to be historic. This was a historic, compelling hearing. It's compelling. It's must see TV. We've seen all eight episodes through Thursday season finale of the hearings. Was it a cliffhanger for you in any way? It almost felt as if it was like the series finale. At one point, Liz Cheney said, stay tuned for September, which is like season two. We thought this was the season finale. Everybody's like, come back for more. No. Everybody's like, come back for more. So we've turned Congress into a Netflix documentary that you can binge watch. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one, Mark Levin. Don't forget this entire list I'm doing for you. I'll throw up in my podcast tomorrow. 
Uh, you can grab it, Ben Ferguson Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. I want to get your reaction to some of these stories. I'll have the top three for you coming up next. It's the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. Tired of overpaying woke wireless companies? How about this? Get talk, text, and blazing fast data, just 30 bucks a month. Yes, on the same network, the same towers, with the same coverage as the other guys, but for half the price. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Hallelujah. Friends, this is great news. You can start saving today without having to sacrifice on coverage. How do I know? I'm a customer. Plus, listen to all the other benefits you get. A U.S.-based customer service team to make your switch even easier. You're supporting a veteran-owned business. And here's the best part. When you go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. You'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's right. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, podcast, and you can be switched over in as little as 10 minutes. Switch to a company that shares your values. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code LEVIN, podcast, to save 50% off your first month. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Welcome back. It is the Ben Ferguson Show. It is nice to have you with us. And if you just joined us, we are chatting right now about the biggest blunders of the media in 2022, their biggest screw-ups that you probably have already forgotten about because most people have actually forgotten. Now, these aren't blunders. That's the point I want to make to you. Many would say, oh, they're screw-ups. No, they were deliberate. They were on purpose. And it was 100% propaganda. It was important propaganda for them. They wanted to make sure that you believe the propaganda they were pushing out there. A great example of that is when the FBI came under scrutiny. The FBI came under scrutiny, as we now know, for cooking the books against conservatives, silencing conservatives, monitoring conservatives, listening to conservatives and censoring them online. We know this for a fact now from the Twitter files. They want you to believe, no, 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 that's a conspiracy theory. It's not. It's the truth. Was the FBI cooking the books against conservatives for a long time, including Donald Trump and others? You better believe it. But don't worry. The FBI has the utmost integrity. You can't question the FBI. That's what the media said all year long. Oh, man, there was no raid on your home. A peaceful search that they gave them a yeah. heads up on. Peaceful search. I don't think there was any politics involved. This appears to be a nonpartisan process. The Justice Department is returning to its historical position as a law enforcement agency above politics, trying to do the right thing. These attacks on the FBI are just very sort of out there and outlandish. That's why we have law enforcement to actually bring fascists to justice. It's all legal. It's all lawful. It's not a raid. They didn't, you know, they, they're not there improperly or unlawfully. Because anybody on this set had done the same thing, the exact same result would have occurred. Yeah, you remember with Donald Trump and the raid on Mar-a-Lago, this is normal. This is everything. And everybody else that would have done something like this, this is exactly what I would have happened. All right, so I'll take the bait. Hillary Clinton did a hell of a lot more than this. She had a private server in her basement. She had classified documents by the thousands on a server that anybody could break into anyone anywhere in the world. And there was classified documents found on Uma Abedin's computer. We know that from the FBI. 
We know that then when she was asked to turn over, they started literally bleaching the phones, smashing the phones, the Blackberries, and bleaching the servers of her emails. And that server that and the computers that were involved. Did anybody freak out? Did anybody go to jail? Did anybody's home get raided? I'm just asking. I think it's a fair question to ask, right? There was a lot that happened. Anybody want to discuss it? Anybody want to talk about it? Well, I mean, again, if you listen to the media, they say this was normal. Anybody that would have done this would have been raided. Okay, were people raided that committed heinous crimes like Hillary Clinton? No, they were not raided. And why? Because their name is Hillary Clinton. And we know that if your name is Hillary Clinton, there will not be anything that happens to you. And you can do whatever the hell you want. The FBI is not going to raid your home. They also want you to believe that what Donald Trump did was so unprecedented that that absolutely warranted a raid on a former president. That's also a lie. It is unprecedented to raid the president of the United States of America's home. Why did this happen? For one reason. This was about the swamp. That's what this was about the entire time. This was about silencing and shutting up the swamp that are, 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 excuse me, this was about the swamp silencing and shutting up a president that actually decided to challenge them, to expose them. As soon as he said he wanted to drain the swamp, the swamp said, watch this. And that was the FBI. The FBI said, get ready because we're about to own you. Get ready because we're going to shut you down forever. We're going to get you arrested. We're going to get you charged with crimes. We're going to make it where you can't even be president. How dare you ever question the deep state? We're now going to own you forever. That's what this was. And they wanted you to believe that this was normal, that this was business as usual. This is, by the way, total crap. It's not normal to raid a former president. And if anybody was going to get raided for committing crimes, it should have been Hillary Clinton. We know there were thousands and thousands of emails that she deleted. We know that they, she instructed her staff to destroy Blackberries. We know that they bleached the servers to make sure that no one could ever see what was on there. And no one went to jail. No one got raided. There was never a knock on the door or knocking down of a door. There was nothing that ever happened to Hillary Clinton. There was no raid, by the way, on Hunter Biden's home. There was no raid on Hunter Biden's offices. There was no raid on on James Biden's offices. None of what happened to Donald Trump has happened to people that have actually committed crimes. And we know that Hunter Biden's committed crimes. He documented his own crimes from the laptop from hell. Did anybody go busting down those doors? Hell no. Why? Because he's a Democrat. And the media sits there and they tell you, oh, well, you know, everything's good. It, you, the, the, it, it, this is, un, you know, what happened with Donald Trump is something that is just, you should understand that they had to go. They had no choice but to go. This was too important not to go. But that's not the only thing that the media did this year. And again, this isn't by accident. This is what you call propaganda. I want to get some of your phone calls in here as well. 
I'll give you my top three on this list coming up. Don't forget, I'm going to put all this in our podcast tomorrow. So if you want to take notes tomorrow or share it with a friend, grab the Ben Ferguson podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'll also read your messages during the break on Twitter, Parler, Getter, Ben Ferguson Show, Instagram, Ben Ferguson Show as well. More coming up. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hour three, Mark Levin Show, Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one tonight, and uh, there have been a lot of screw-ups in the media. In 2022, I'm giving you my top 10 list, but I want you to understand something. These aren't accidents, okay? I want to make that clear. This is not an accident. This isn't an oops. Like, all right, we got a story wrong. This was deliberately done, these stories by the media. Now, if you missed uh, the top six I've already done, top seven, I should say, that will be uh, in my podcast. If you listen to podcasts, download the Ben Ferguson podcast. And you can hear all the ones you missed. But I want to get straight back into this because these are the biggest stories of the year that they screwed up. One of the other big stories was the media just flat out getting it wrong, bulldozing true journalism and a race to exploit the Colorado tragedy. Now, you it's it's not this is a horrific event that happened in Colorado Springs and the Club Q killings there. But the media couldn't wait to make this a big issue politically, to seize firearms and to claim that somehow this is conservatives that were involved and conservatives did this when that wasn't the case at all. Listen to the media try to exploit this horrific tragedy to push a political agenda and a narrative. There are five dead people in a strip mall because that was the only place they felt safe as gay or trans people in this town in Colorado Springs. I think that DeSantis, Boebert, they have blood on their hands on this. These bodies are not on the ground yet. Yeah. And they're being used as political props right now. When you demonize someone to that extent and you make them feel like an existential threat to you and your children, it's no wonder, again, that we get this kind of violence. This exact same language of grooming and pedophilia, targeting the LGBTQ community, it kills. And I'm just wondering, 
What could I have done different? Seriously, as reporters, what can we do different? I think we have to have a come to Jesus moment here. Uh, as reporters, there is no inward reflection here. It's just, you know, continue to use these people as props. Continue to use the grief of these people as props. Um, I think as reporters, we got to look in here uh, and double down. As much as we, we got to double down. Oh, okay, there we go. We got to double down because we need to push a narrative. Was the shooter a conservative? No. Was the shooter inspired by DeSantis? No. Or Boebert? No. Was the shooter there to, as a conservative MAGA guy to do what he did? No. Does that matter? No, because they hate DeSantis, right? This guy's a threat to the Democratic Party. This is a guy that's become very popular by making sure that he protects the citizens and the rights of his citizens in his state. And so they decide to connect a horrific tragedy to Ron DeSantis, who had nothing to do with this tragedy. Had not a single thing to do with this tragedy. Doesn't matter, though, folks, because this is how we roll. We are the media. We get to push a, a, a narrative immediately after a tragedy happens, implying that the people that were in charge of it, the people who did this, they did it for political reasons because they supported DeSantis. Did the shooter support DeSantis? No. Did that ever come out afterwards? Yeah. Did they report it? No. You got to understand, these are not mistakes. This is a political narrative. And it's a narrative that, that, that you are going, they are going to push no matter what. That's what they're trying to make you understand. The narrative is whatever they decided to be on a random day of the week. And you better get on board with their narrative. And if you don't get on board with their narrative, there will be hell to pay. We're going to slander DeSantis for a horrific shooting that happened, implying that he has blood on his hands, even though he doesn't. The shooter had nothing to do with conservatives or DeSantis. And when that comes out, we will not report on the story because we don't report on stories like that. That is not something that we do. But we never let a tragedy or a crisis go to waste. That is the Democratic Party's mantra. We never let a crisis go to waste. And when someone gets killed and there's mass shootings, we immediately push for things and advocate for things that would have had no bearing on the shooting, in fact. We've seen this happen over and over again, where they'll come out with massive gun control, not even knowing what guns were used in certain events, and claiming they're going to pass laws that would have saved the problem. Even if those laws were in place, they would not have fixed the problem. They would not have saved people's lives. But it's a narrative, and you keep pushing it, and you keep pushing it until you win. Finally, and one of the biggest stories of the year for me, I think it is the biggest story of the year. The media throwing a tantrum at the prospect of Americans freely exchanging ideas with Twitter being bought by Elon Musk and now being exposed through the Twitter files. Every conspiracy theory that was or every every theory of conservatives, what we were dealing with, what we were going through, what was actually happening to us. Shadow banning and silencing and not being able to find people shutting down accounts for actually not committing violations of terms of service just because you were a conservative. Having the FBI flag accounts in the deep state, flag accounts of conservatives they just didn't like. All of these things were happening, and we all knew that it was happening. We all saw it where we were silenced and shut out just because they didn't like what, they were, what we were saying. 
We saw people's accounts that were banned, not for actually breaking any rules except for, you know, being conservative. And then the media freaked out. They freaked out the idea that they couldn't silence a certain group of people anymore because of what Elon Musk did. They were furious that Elon Musk was going to expose the left and how much power and control they had over our thoughts and ideas and what was trending on social media. The idea that he could buy this thing and expose them for their corruption. And again, ABC, NBC, and CBS have spent zero minutes as of now on the Twitter files. Why? Because they don't want you to know just how bad things actually were. They don't want you to understand just how corrupt they are. That's why if a big tree falls in the forest, right, and no one hears it because no one's there, did it even happen? That's how ABC, NBC, and CBS are treating this moment in time, in history, where they know about the corruption of the Democratic Party. They know the corruption at the FBI. They know the corruption of the deep state. They know the corruption from candidates and elected officials and government officials who were emailing Twitter saying, hey, we don't like this account. Silence it. Hey, we don't like this account. Silence it. Hey, we don't like this tweet. Get rid of it. Hey, we want this person banned. And they did it every damn time. And then Elon Musk bought it. Now what do they want to do? They want to ruin his platform and they want to ruin Tesla's stock in the process. They want to destroy Elon Musk and they want to destroy anything that Elon Musk touches. And they want to make sure that you don't like or use the platform. They want you to believe that now it's a racist and bigoted platform. They want you to believe that that Twitter is now the Wild West and that there's all these evil things that are happening there so that you'll shut down your account, silence your account. That's what they want you to believe. This is how they roll. Take a listen to the media freaking out over Twitter being exposed by the new owner. We all have sort of treated this platform as like the, the town square, the public forum. It's not anymore. It's Elon Musk's and he's going to do with it what he wants. And it's bad for the rest of us. Ever since Elon Musk took over Twitter, we've seen it devolve into something that is nothing close to truth and nothing close to unifying in the country as we see it today. And here we have something as important as Twitter, which is an important platform um, now descending into the hellscape that he claimed it wouldn't be. My tummy meter says there's something just not great about this. Let's say they reinstate Donald Trump onto Twitter. Yeah. Would you leave the service? Yeah, probably. I mean, I, I don't I don't need to be there for that. When Elon Musk says, wow, this is about free speech. It seems to me that it's about free speech of straight white men. And he himself... Straight white men! Yes, that's the only people that can have speech on Twitter, right? That's what she just said. It's about straight white men. Donald Trump comes back and is reinstated. What would you do? I'd leave the platform. I don't need to be there for that, right? That's when they started beating the drums of let's destroy Twitter if we can't control it. If we can't silence the people that we want to silence, then we'll just we'll burn the place to the ground so that it has no more power or no more influence anymore because we can't decide who's important and who is powerful and whose tweets are seen and which tweets are not and who to shadow ban and who to silence and who to shut down. That's what this is really all about. Can we just be honest? This is about control. If we can't control you and your mind, then we don't want any of it to survive. That's what the media is saying here.
It's racist. It's bigotous. It's hate speech. It's white supremacists that are now using Twitter. So you should get off of it. Meanwhile, Twitter under the old regime had no problem taking money from Chinese communists, dictators and slave owners. No, they had no problem being a platform for ISIS or Al Qaeda. They had no problem being a platform for people that have child labor and, and, and sex trafficking and human trafficking leaders on the platform, communist dictators. They have no problem taking money from the most evil people in the world and giving them a platform. They have no problem hosting leaders of terrorist organizations like Hamas and Hezbollah on the platform. But a Republican gets to say what they want to say without us being able to shut them down and silence them. Oh, now there's going to be hell to pay in all of this. Right. That's what now what they're saying is a troll. So his idea of freedom means freedom to be a jerk and to be cruel and to have no one be able to stop you. It certainly feels like we're in the dying days of this platform unless something changes quickly. You need controls on this. You need regulation. You cannot let these guys control discourse in this country or we are headed to hell. We are headed to hell. You cannot let people actually have a place to go and have a grand debate. We have to control it. We have to control the narrative. We have to control every single aspect of this. This, it, the, 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 this is the media in 2022. Imagine how bad it's going to be in 2023. Let me get your phone calls. 1-877-381-3811. one 381 3811 Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one, Mark Levin. Your phone call's coming up. Mark Lovin. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Welcome back. It is Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one, Mark Levin. So nice to have you with us tonight uh, talking about the biggest lies of the media of the year. They're going to say they were oopses or blunders. They're not. They were straight up lies and everybody needs to know it. It was propaganda. It was put out by the government. It was put out by the media in, 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 you know, in collaboration with the government. But their narratives that they got wrong this year, their biggest screw ups were not by accident. They were on purpose. It was deliberately done. one 381 3811 Let's get to some of your phone calls in here. Uh, I will go to Mike in Lincoln. Welcome. You are on the Ben. Or you're on with Ben Ferguson filling in for Mark Levin. Hello. Hi. Uh, thanks for filling in for the great one, uh, Ben. Uh, never waste a crisis. Uh, Justin Trudeau certainly didn't waste a crisis when he froze uh, uh, truckers' bank accounts. And I'm afraid that the central banks will collude with the federal government. Uh, in light of you know the cryptocurrency crashing and other economic shoes that may drop. Uh, to force a digital currency with no cash option, then they'll be able to track our purchases, our gun purchases, our ammunition. They're, they're already tracking them, Mike. I mean, look at the look at the banks that were making this special category. If you buy anything at a gun store, 
you may go to the range to, sep- to, to, to exercise your Second Amendment right. Now, this is personal for me uh, because I own a gun store and I own a gun range. If you come to my gun store or if you come to my gun range, we also have a restaurant. I have a barbecue restaurant called Ferguson's Barbecue. You eat there and there's a very good chance you're now on the list, right? That's a ping that the government can go to the banks and go, hey, we want to we want to know this one, right? We want to we want to see this. This is this is in our wheelhouse now. We've had uh, companies. I'll give you another example. Over the holidays, Facebook, YouTube, they will not take our advertisements. Instagram will not take our advertisements. They because it is related to something that is legal. It's related to guns or ammo or firearms, and they say, "Sorry, you can't do it. We won't take the money." And, and look, I get it. They're a private business, right? They have the right to do that. But this is they're treating the Second Amendment like you are a criminal and there is criminal activity involved. That's the problem I have. And they are doing this. We've had credit card companies that have pulled out saying they're no longer going to service our account like the processors. So we had to scramble. We had 48 hours at one point. I think it was last year when a credit card, they, they just said, hey, you got 48 hours to find somebody else. And we begged for a, a week and they gave us a week. I mean, if that's not persecution of people that are in, you know, law abiding citizens, I don't know what is. But this is now how they're doing it. And they're and they're they want to categorize people that buy firearms that exercise their second amendment rights they want to treat you as if you are somehow a domestic terrorist they want to flag those purchases maybe you're a collector of firearms they want to flag them now by the way firearms is like the most regulated industry there is okay if you buy too many guns automatically you get flagged by the atf If you sell or buy too many guns, they'll come knock on your door and say, hey, are you dealing? What are you doing? They'll treat you like you're like you're a drug dealer. Hell, they'll come down harder than you. They will. uh, There's somebody that's running people across the border or, or running drugs across the border. That's how they treat an industry, which is an industry that is in our Constitution, the Second Amendment. A, 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 something that they use the word shall not be infringed for a reason. And now what are the banks doing? What are the credit card processors doing? What are the, what are the, there's TV stations and my, where my, where my gun range is. Okay. There are TV stations that would not take ads from us during Christmas. There were billboard companies that will not allow you to buy a billboard, to put a billboard up that has anything to do with the shooting industry, the sport of shooting ammo they won't even let you advertise permit to carry classes at our range for something that is law-abiding and you go back to what you said a moment ago about trudeau trudeau understood people rising up was a bad thing so what did he do as soon as he was done with freezing the bank accounts of truckers he said all right we'll go to phase two and phase two was very clear I'm going to take away your gun, your ability to buy guns, sell guns, transfer guns, inherit guns, especially handguns. To take away your guns, I can do whatever the hell I want to do to you. More coming up. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. 
In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Mark Levin, the voice liberals fear most. And you can call Mark at 877-381-3811. All right, welcome back. It is the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. So nice to have you with us tonight. By the way, I know many of you have been trying to get through on the phones. Uh, I read all your comments. You can tweet at me at Ben Ferguson Show. If you're on Getter, Ben Ferguson uh, Podcast there on Facebook. You can follow me, Ben Ferguson, there. Uh, and on Instagram. I am on Instagram as well, uh, Ben Ferguson Podcast. Make sure you do that. up. Plus, if you like, uh, if you like uh, podcasts, please download my podcast, Ben Ferguson Podcast, as well. Let me get to your phone calls now. Let's go to Blake in Tyler, Texas, listening on KTBB. Nice to have you with us in the Mark Levin Show. Hello. Yes, sir, Ben. Hey, um, I want to go back to what Secretary of Transportation Pete Buttigieg criticized the airlines for doing in regards to their scheduling, that he gave them no consideration for the safety concerns for the passengers that they have to attend to. I, I think that's completely thoughtless, and it's terribly ignorant. And I wanted to say, if you are sitting in an airport because your flight's delayed, it's because somebody is concerned about your life. And Here's you what I'll say, see- too. There are a lot of pilots, right, that, and, and I've, uh, in the process of getting my pilot's license, what I've learned is you don't want to push the limit and try to fly um, just to, you know, check a box and, and, and move on. That's like the worst thing you can possibly do. Is to is to treat a flight that way and just like oh yeah you know push it push it we got to go we got to go Th- these pilots and crew members they're delayed as well they would love to be home they would love to get home they would love to be able to be sleeping in their own bed and if if Mayor Pete as the transportation secretary uh, keeps up doing what he's doing today which is threatening the airlines the way he's threatening Southwest. They're going to start pushing those limits because they're afraid the federal government's going to, you know, come down on them too hard. Now, I, I'm not sure anymore that they're really worried about that. I think a lot of this is semantics from Mayor Pete. I think a lot of this is the Biden administration. They know there's a bunch of people hacked off, uh, you know, travelers out there. And this is an easy way to jump on this bandwagon of, you know, these this, screw Southwest Airlines and the evil CEO over at Southwest. And we're going to hold them accountable. They're not right. They're not going to. And it's an easy way for them to be like, yeah, we're on your team. We understand. We feel your pain. That's what this is. It's politics, the feel your pain part of it. Want to spend well worth time while they're sitting there waiting for their flights to resume. They could search online for men tour pilot. It's a play on words for men or pilot. And it's it's a very excellent um, synopsis of various uh, flights and uh uh, the uh, difficulties and uh, um, crash histories from the S- NTSB. It's complete with the cockpit aerial views. Um, sure. Look, a- again, I-, I don't blame the pilots. I do think that there is some blame with Southwest and, and, and some of their is just straight up, you know, screw ups on their their fault. But for to come out there the way that Mayor Pete did, and be like, you know, we're going to investigate that. We're opening up an investigation. 
I, I, again, I, I, I truly believe this is what I would refer to as a recipe for disaster. You're setting these airlines up to fail with that type of pressure if you're really going to go after them this way. But I also think this is all a ruse. I don't think they're going to go after them at all. I think it's just, I, I really do. I think it's total crap. I think they're full of it. I think this is all for the cameras. I think Mayor Pete going on CNN the way he did, you know, I'm going to, you know, we're going to, we're going to really look into this and they've got hell to pay for this. They've got to, they've got to, you know, they're going to answer my damn questions, please. Um, one of the things that was pretty funny is uh, they actually were talking about this and they said that Mayor Pete actually sounds more um, like a travel agent. And advising Americans who miss flights than an actual guy in charge. And Biden doesn't care about infrastructure at all. His bill was a big green scam. And where's Pete Buttigieg? He's the secretary of transportation. We knew this storm would mangle our airports and highways days before it hit. How did our secretary of transportation prepare? Well, this is what he said last week. There are things you can do, uh, certainly a good idea to check frequently with your airline website. A lot of airlines have been offering, uh, uh, basically waiving the change fees so that if you want to try to beat the storm or if you can delay your travel a little bit uh, until it clears, uh, you can do that. Definitely encourage people to look into their options there. (laughs) He sounds more like a travel agent than the Secretary of Transportation. We don't want to delay our flights. We want to see our families on Christmas, Pete. The 25th still means something to us. It's Jesus's birthday. We celebrate by being with our families and going to church. But that never mattered to Pete. Remember last year? Supply chains were a complete mess. Many families were worried they wouldn't be able to get Christmas gifts. Pete Buttigieg told everyone they're on their own. I think there's always been two kinds of Christmas shoppers. There's the ones who have all their list completed by Halloween, and then there's people like me who show up at the mall on Christmas Eve. If you're in that latter bucket, uh, obviously there's going to be more challenges. He's not just a travel agent. He's a lifestyle expert. I'm thinking of bringing him on Fox and Friends weekend because of that. This year, thousands of Americans spent Christmas in the airport, which is weird because on Christmas Eve, Pete told everyone the worst is behind us. We did it, Joe. We saved Christmas. Tell that to these people. This is ridiculous. I mean, we've been here for hours. If you look at how many people's in line, there's about 500 people, nowhere to go, people sleeping on the floor. I need compensation. (laughs) I'm going to need some compensation. I just want to get them to their dads for Christmas. So, and it's already stressful enough putting them on a flight with a child care assistant that you don't know. Well, I only had the weekend off, so I was flying to my sons in Savannah to see them for Christmas and my grandson. It was delayed, 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 delayed. They didn't cancel it until 2 a.m., which was after all of the car rental places were closed. I'm sorry. Pete's got a message for them, too. You might have spent Christmas in the airport, but you'll be home in time for Kwanzaa. Is that really what stranded Americans need? The Secretary of Transportation went AWOL, wishing happy Kwanzaa from an undisclosed location. The truth is Pete Buttigieg doesn't want this job. He thinks he's better than this job. He wanted to be president, but the American people rejected him. And so he's stuck being the airport czar. And he can't even handle that. Anytime there's a crisis, he goes into hiding. When our supply chain snapped, he took a longer parental leave than I did. And I gave birth and I was nursing. When the rail union threatened to spike, strike, 
Pete took a personal trip to Portugal, basking in the city of Porto as our rail system was on the verge of crumbling. He doesn't want to get his hands dirty. Buttigieg only pops up when he sees a political opportunity, like using taxpayer dollars to buy Chinese solar panels and European windmills that will fall apart in a couple years. Buttigieg only likes talking about roads and bridges if he can call them racist. I'm still surprised that some people were surprised when I pointed to the fact that uh, if a highway was built for the purpose of dividing a white and a black neighborhood, or if an underpass was constructed such that a bus carrying mostly black and Puerto Rican kids uh, to a beach, or it would have been, uh, in New York was, was designed uh, too low for it to pass by, that that obviously reflects racism that went into those design choices. Like Democrats always say, never let a good crisis go to waste. Pete found a silver lining in this storm for his own career, of course. From what I can tell, Southwest is unable to locate even where their own crews are, let alone their own passengers, let alone baggage. Uh, so uh, I conveyed to the CEO our expectation that they are going to go above and beyond to take care of passengers and to address this. And I've made clear that uh, our department will be holding them accountable for their responsibilities to customers, uh, both to get them through this situation and to make sure that this can't happen again. I guarantee you, by the way, that that's total crap. It's not going to happen. So prepare for nothing to happen. This is all for the cameras. one 381 3811 one I want to get back to your phone calls. Let's go to Sarah in Savannah, Georgia. Welcome. You are on the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in. Hi. Well, hello, Ben. What an honor to speak with you. It's so nice to talk I, to you as well. Um, thank you, thank you. So I I just had a thought we, when you were the last caller that um, you were mentioning your gun range, your gun shop, your restaurant. I would really love to know where that was to visit because it sounds like paradise. It's really fun. I'm not going to lie. So I was in the reason why I did it. And just because there's a lot of people that are sending messages now and just looking is I was in a shooting and I saved my life carrying a firearm. And um, without that gun, I wouldn't be here today doing the show. Um, I wanted to make sure that people could protect and defend themselves. And that's why I wanted to open a gun range and academy to teach people and to be able to get their permit to carry, especially mothers, single mothers. Uh, Women are so underserved uh, in the shooting industry. And so I wanted to try to at least change that. So it's in my hometown of Memphis, Tennessee. If you're ever there, come see us. But I want it to be a welcoming place, people that maybe had never shot before, maybe never been taught. You know, one of the things we've lost in this country is parents teaching their kids how to shoot you know my grandparents generation everybody knew how to shoot because everybody literally to put food on the table went hunting my grandfather was given two bullets and and he was told make them count by his parents and he would go out and shoot squirrels for food that is you know everybody in high school my dad said you know they had a they had a hunting rifle in their in, you know, in their cars. I mean, they had it in the pickup trucks on the back window with a gun rack. Those days are over. People now don't know how to protect and defend themselves. And with crime out of control and the government obviously not doing enough to protect us, that's why I did it. And I hope that it, you know, saves people's lives. I hope that it gives the good guys the advantage again over the bad guys because 
What do we have in this country right now? We have prosecutors that refuse to prosecute people for heinous crimes. We have murderers that are getting to, out, of, out of jail early on good behavior. We have activist DAs that see criminals that commit major crimes, felonies, and they're immediately back out on the streets. It's horrific what we have now in this country. Um, but, but that is the reason, and I, I'll say this to everybody around the country. If you don't know how to shoot, find a gun range that will teach you how to shoot. Okay, many of them will do it for free. If you're a single mother, protect your kids, protect your family, and, and get involved. It's an incredible community. There are, there are women's groups out there uh, that teach and help and aid and support people in learning how to shoot and protect and defend themselves. Sign up for a class. They have beginner classes, new classes for people that have never held a gun before. I, 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 that's why I did it. Uh, and I'd love for you, by the way, to come see us if you're ever in Memphis. But go ahead back to your point. Love. I would love that. No, I am um, a single mother with two now um, grown teenage daughters. And my 18-year-old is um, has been dating a jewel of a boy. And they go shoot skeet, skeet shooting. And, um, and he wants to buy her a rifle, of course, the right way. Um, as well as I've had my, my permit. Um, carry permit because I feel like that is the most important thing. But my my point of calling, when you mentioned, as I am in advertising sales for a, a local um, station, and we are scrounging the last minute before the before Christmas today for advertising business, anybody dollars is what makes the station go. I cannot believe that no one locally would accept your your advertising dollars. And I just had a thought, well, isn't that the same hypocrisy that the um, Supreme Court ruled against the bakers that wouldn't bake a cake for the lesbian or gay couple? because they didn't believe in it yeah i i I will say this you look at what's happening in the banking industry what they're trying to do is say okay we can't ban what you do but we can make it impossible for you to succeed if you can't where's everybody right they're on they're on twitter or they're on they're on facebook they're on instagram they're on all these you know tiktok if you can't advertise to people where they are that can destroy your business. If you can't bank, right, is a, is a gun range or a gun store where you need to, if you can't process credit cards or uh, even more than that, let's say that people are terrified to actually swipe a card. We had to put an ATM in our store because there were so many people that were terrified that they were going to be tracked that they said, all right, I want to buy this gun, right? Legally background check, everything. We're the most regulated industry in the country. And we had to actually put an ATM in our store because people are so afraid of writing a check or swiping a car for a legal transaction because of big, big tech, big business, big banking colluding with one another to basically put together an enemies list of people that actually celebrate their right to bear arms. This is how you shut down an industry without having to shut it down. You make it where you suffocate them to the point where people say, it's not worth it. It's too hard. There's too many hoops for me to jump through. 
I just can't handle it. I just can't deal with it. I just can't do it. I'd rather invest in something else. Make it so difficult that no sane businessman wants to get into the industry and or the business. Make it so impossible to succeed that you finally just say, I can, I'd rather just open up a smoothie joint. Right? I'd rather open up a pizza place. Because at least then I don't have to be treated like I'm a criminal when I'm doing nothing wrong. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one. Mark Levin will be right back. Mark Levin. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right, welcome back. It is the Mark Levin Show. Ben Ferguson filling in for the great one as we're almost done this evening. I would love to keep up with you, so make sure you uh, check me out on our podcast, Ben Ferguson Podcast. I also host a podcast with Senator Ted Cruz three days a week uh, as well with him, so we'd love to, I'd love to keep up with you there. Now, let me get to your phone calls. Uh, the number one eight seven seven three eight one thirty eleven. 381 Let me go to John in South Alabama listening on Sirius XM. You are on the Mark Levin Show. Hello. Hey, Ben, how are you doing tonight? You're doing a great job filling in. Uh, Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Um, yes, sir. Um, you know, you, you we covered so much, or you have tonight. I don't think you and Mark could spend three weeks of three-hour a night airtime and cover all the lies and corruption that goes on with the media. At best, they're complicit, and at worst, which is what I think, they are absolutely correct they are doing this purposely and it's not just them it's joe biden it's all the way down it, it's sure. it's camera like you were talking about with pete Buttigieg. judge well and they're just lying to us and they know they're getting away with it they know they're getting away with it uh, i'm out of time unfortunately uh mark will be back with you uh very soon happy new year and i will see you guys back here You've been listening to Mark Levin Show, Ben Ferguson filling in. Have a great rest of your night.